We are back with the Niagara Sports Hub. I'm with Tim Ward and Mike Fisher. How are you guys doing this morning? How are you feeling after that Bears debacle last night? Uh, well, I've been hearing that uh, a lot of people are clamoring for a free subscription to Amazon Prime after the last two uh, Thursday night football games. What do you think about that? It does seem that the NFL, and maybe this is just a coincidence, but th- those dog butt games of the week end up on Thursday night. And it's been that way for for maybe almost the start of the Thursday night thing uh, without insulting any particular teams. Okay, the, the Bears in Washington and Detroit. Uh, the Texans. If those teams are ever on national TV, uh, Jacksonville, it seems like they're on Thursday night. And um, they they got rewarded for their decision. <laughs> well, you know, Tony Gonzalez on the pregame or maybe it was halftime, he said, these are, it's the JV of NFL football. And he said, well, maybe not even JV, it's freshmen. And like, <laughs> that, that's not a good promo, you know, promo for uh, Thursday night football. Yeah, no, somebody, Amazon needs to grab him and explain to him <laughs> that that's not how you promote a football game. <laughs> yeah. uh, of course, the last two minutes were, I don't know if they were good, but they were fascinating. Yeah. They uh, kept you in your seat. Yeah. Yeah. If you could have just skipped somehow the previous 58, uh, yeah. that game would have been a lot more fun. Yeah. That- you did hang around to watch it. And I, I haven't seen the ratings. I bet you people didn't. No, no. Uh, well, the six viewers were pleasantly um, pleased. They were entertained. <laughs> well, I had, at one point, I thought I had to clear, clean my ears out at, towards the end of the game. Did I hear it right? Carson Wentz is 8-0 on Thursday night games? Yeah. I bet you that's because he played on a good Philadelphia team. Yep. And I bet you those were Thursday night games when they played the when they played crappy Washington or crummy Bears or invisible Texans or something. So there's that's got to be weaved into it. These two conversations that we just had, these two subjects go together. Mm-hmm. Thursday night is a dumping ground. Carson Wentz wins on Thursday night. Not a quint. Two plus two equals four. Come on. But it goes back to like a, a question I think we've had on this this show is is the NFL oversaturating the market? I mean, we have games on Thursday night, now Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, Monday night. I mean, I know it's a money grab, but is it oversaturated? I used to think that. Mm -hmm. I think 20 years has proven that theory wrong. Uh, About 10 years ago, Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks in the NBA, said he he called the NFL uh, hogs, hogs at the trough. I'm paraphrasing, but he said, you know, Hogs get slaughtered, meaning there's a price to pay for gobbling up all the cornmeal, mm-hmm. except there's, except he's wrong. I, I, I'm wrong. He's wrong. I, I don't know what the ceiling is, but uh, every time you think it exists, they blow through it. Um, look, with Look at with, the valuation of the teams. Right. They're astronomical. The, the Seattle Seahawks, to me, are not a particularly attractive commodity. Relative to the rest of the NFL, uh, the Allen family's good. Paul Allen, of course, his death. So I think his sister runs it now. She, it's, it's probably going to sell for a billion dollars, and it's a, you know, it's in the remote, most remote outpost of the NFL. Not that they obviously haven't had a good program and all that. Not saying that, but that is a low-profile franchise, relatively speaking. And I bet you it's a billion-dollar franchise. It's what insane. was Denver? Two point something. Uh, you might be right, which means I must be I probably underselling. I think, I think you're off. I think yeah. Seattle Seahawks sell for $2 billion. Okay. If if the Broncos did something like that. 2.4, I thought. 
Yeah. Okay. There you go. Because again, the Broncos and I covered, I, I grew up, I went to high school mm-hmm. and college there and my first job was them. So I'm not insulting the Broncos, but that's, that's another one. I mean, Den, that's not New York city. Uh, and yet um, the, the, the payday is enormous. And the next thing that's going to happen pretty one of these days, we're going to be going, okay, well, that's enough. That's gotta be enough. And then they're going to put an expansion team in Mexico city and London. And we're going to go, well, that's insane. And then those teams will be worth a billion dollars and $2 billion as well. The TV ch- the TV networks are paying boatloads of money right. to put this product on the TV. Yeah. Prime that we just talked about paid billions of dollars to get this on Thursday night, and they don't care. They just want you to buy more stuff on Prime. And the, by the time that this league finally figured out to include gambling and fantasy football in its coverage, now you've got you you just tripled the reason why somebody might now it's football fans who watch gamblers and just amateur gamblers like you and me betting $2 and fantasy football. Uh, so you, you've now, you just now opened up this wide window of audience by acknowledging those two markets. A couple of really good games this weekend on the, on the calendar, Dallas at Philadelphia, you've got a five and zero versus a four and one team. That's going to be a pretty super game on Sunday night. Around here. Uh, they have no uh, absence of confidence. And Mike McCarthy has rallied the troops without Dak Prescott. And he, yes, last week, and this wasn't a planned speech. It just kind of happened. He said, we're nobody's underdog. Uh, And it inspired his team because they were. And and I, as I said to him the next day in in kind of a hallway meeting, I said, you know, you're, you're the, your dad was a cop fireman and owned a bar in Pittsburgh. You understand point spreads, don't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you, you understand? No, you are somebody's underdog. You are a four point five point underdog at uh, at the Rams. You were a seven point underdog against the Bengals. You were a three point underdog at the Giants. Now you're a five point underdog again. You are somebody. In fact, not only are you are you not nobody's underdog. You've been almost everybody's underdog. But to your credit, uh, you, you've you've put together. First of all, this defense is quite good. Top five, top three, top one, whatever. And then they've survived with Cooper Rush. Uh, Mike says he's not a bu- he's not a bus driver. He's not a game manager. Well, yes, he is. But yeah. but if you can discover a really good one of those, and and have a Dak Prescott and have him be really good too, you've just struck gold because those are two very difficult things to find. Well, you know, Jerry Jones a couple of weeks ago wanted the press, and he said we have a quarterback controversy, and maybe he's not wrong. I mean, <laughs> Cooper Rush hasn't lost a game yet. And so do they go into uh, Philly and next week just, you know, let's just have Dak heal properly and take his time, or do they want to bring him back as soon as they can? Okay, first of all, you're a smart consumer to recognize what Jerry was doing. Yeah. Uh, and and there's, you know, a, a million people in the media that aren't as smart as you, apparently, because they, they fell for it hook, line, and sinker. Uh, there was no quarterback controversy then. He didn't and, – and he, he's – Listen, he's been in the locker room. You don't want a quarterback controversy in the locker room. Mm-hmm. He wants a quarterback controversy on Fox Sports 1. Mm-hmm. He wants a quarterback controversy on the Stephen A. Smith show, but he doesn't want one in his locker room because that could be a cancerous thing. Um, every time Cooper Rush wins again, it opens up the conversation again, which I, I get. But now go, you know, and I like, I like to make fun of people that pretend they watch film because most people that say it don't. And the people that do don't know what they're looking at anyway, uh, including me. I'm not a scout. I'm not a coach. I'm just a broken down old sports writer. Cooper Rush, they, they, they won at the Rams 
he completed 10 passes for 102 <laughs> yards. Yeah. And the only touchdown they scored was a very dynamic dart and dash 57 yard run from Tony Pollard. You, you, you don't, had they had, had Dak Prescott thrown for 10 completions and 102 yards in a win in which there was no touchdowns, uh, half of Cowboy Nation and the national media would be roasting him. Instead, mm-hmm. somehow we're throwing a parade for Cooper Rush for doing it. The fact is that Dak Prescott's bar is pressing against the ceiling and Cooper Rush's bar is buried underneath the cement. Well, I was just curious about the whole Jason Peters versus Philly fans. Yeah. How is that been a big issue there in Dallas? Um, there, one guy, the, uh, Kelsey, the offensive lineman in Philadelphia, shot at the Cowboys by saying that the entire Cowboy phenomenon is a marketing ploy, that it's all about pop culture, that here in Philadelphia, we're real football people. You guys are just, you know, you, you and the Yankees and the Lakers. It's all just a pop culture phenomenon. Um, there's there's a nugget of truth somewhere in there. Uh, not that obviously all Cowboy fans are or that the Cowboys are only hype. They're also, they also happen to be four and one. Uh, and they also happen to have uh, Super Bowls, almost infinitely more Super Bowls than Philadelphia has. And then uh, irrespective of that, not attached to that, Jason Peters, the great former Eagle, he, he was saying it lovingly about Eagles fans. He's saying they're, they're bleeping idiots. Uh, and I love it. Uh, and I, I look forward to going that back there and having a chance to beat my old team. So his was with no bitterness. I assume uh, the, the Eagles guy said it with a twinkle in his eye. Now, Dallas Goddard, the tight end in Philadelphia, whose name is Dallas, um, will have to. I don't know if he's done it yet already. We, we've written about it, though, on CowboysSI.com. He gives an annual speech about how much he hates the Cowboys and that his dad, of course, was a Cowboy fan. So he named him Dallas. And the irony of that. Uh, it just just has him in a fake pretzel every time it's Cowboys versus Dallas um, he, as he as he basically hates his own name. So the the fun hatred that goes on here um, piled on by Tank Lawrence at the end of the week when he's basically saying, you know, I don't I don't know if Jalen Hurts is any good. He hadn't played me yet. Hadn't played us. We'll see if he's any good when he plays the Dallas defense. He goes, we don't stress over him, uh, and he struggles in some areas. Hmm. So uh, the, the the trash talk is is a lot of fun, and there's just enough real in the pseudo hatred to add uh, add fuel to that fire. So is it a low scoring game? I don't think so. Do you? I don't see a high. I see a you know over under about forty two. I don't know what it is, but I don't see a high scoring game. That's for sure. Um, the, the Cowboys probably hope you're right because this defense in Dallas gives up fourteen points a game. Good. But this offense doesn't score. Uh, when they when they do, it's a revelation. And again, that's not a knock on Cooper Rush. It's just a reality. There's throws he cannot make or should not attempt. Um, so the idea of the Cowboys having an offensive explosion with with Cooper Rush in charge does does not seem does, that that's not the way I would bet. I haven't given it enough thought yet about you know final score and predictions and stuff. But as I've told you guys before. Uh, if, if the odds makers say five and a half and you try to argue with the odds makers too often, with you're going wallet, to lose, uh, you end up living under a bridge. <laughs> so the, the, the odds makers are probably not wrong. So what do we make of the, uh, Devante Adams sideline assault after Monday night's game? And, um, what do we think of the Oakland Raiders in general, I guess? Yeah. Um, of course, naturally the guy is suing. 
uh, and um, pretending he's got a broken something, or maybe he's not pretending, but I, you know, I mean, it's the old, I, it's the old Brady bunch. Remember? The- it's totally the old Brady bunch <laughs> where the guy, the, the, the alleged victim goes into the, goes into the courtroom and he's got a neck brace three feet tall and he's limping and he's in a wheelchair. <laughs> Did they throw the tennis ball at him in that, in that episode? Or is that another TV show? They dropped a briefcase and he moved his neck. Remember that? Okay, there you go. Then there's the tennis ball. Yeah. which is in some other show. You throw him a <laughs> tennis ball from the side and he looks over and catches it. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, the Rodney Dangerfield character in uh, Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh, I think it's broke. Yeah. As he's feeling the pressure of, of not yeah. being very good at golf all of a sudden. Yeah. Al Cervix, I believe, was his name. Yeah. So, uh, oh, okay. Well, it was C-Z-E-R-V-I-K. <laughs> Right, you can yeah, edit that. No, I, I, I'm thinking back of some of the names on that sh- and in Caddyshack, and <laughs> some of them are not. We can. Not we, we, yeah. we, that's probably the best. That's probably the cleanest one. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah the uh, Caddy, uh, Chevy Chase's old roommate. We can't talk about him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mitch. Yeah, don't, don't talk about him. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, I don't know. I, I kind of wish again, uh, barring the possibility that he really does have a broken clavicle or something, which I'm suggesting he does not. Same thing with the guy who took the pink smoke out there to protest something uh, in San Francisco saying uh, that Bobby Wagner gave him a concussion. Go look at it again. Bobby Wagner did not blast him. Mm-hmm. He, he hugged him to the ground and, by the way, did a public service. Yeah, You, you can't come running into my house carrying a smoke bomb yeah. and have me go, well, I, I better not try to stop you because you might hurt your ankle. Yeah, it, it definitely was not a Rick Monday moment. It could have been. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, there's there's Rams players that say, for all we know, Bobby Wagner saved our lives. Yeah. You don't he, know he had, what that thing was. You don't know what, we don't know that he didn't have a grenade. Yeah. Uh, especially in this day and age, you you you, you don't. So uh, I'm going to tackle you. And you're lucky I didn't tackle you. You're lucky I didn't smash your face into the ground and hurt you because I was angry. Because that was not an angry tackle. Uh, in the case of the Devonte Adams thing, obviously you can't do that. Uh, I'm a cameraman on the sideline. I have my pass. I have as much right. Unlike the smoke bomb guy, I have as much right to stand there as you do. But but I don't, and I don't blame blame the players for after an emotional loss for forgetting that. But I do. But barring the the, the fact, the possibility that I really did break my neck or something, I'm calling the Raiders and I'm saying I would like. Devonte Adams to make a ten dollar ten thousand dollar donation yeah. to my local school district in my name. That's they what write I, that and, che- they write that check immediately, huh? They write that check immediately. Yeah, and and then everybody gets to feel good again, unless I've got a brain aneurysm. Yeah. But you, you you go look at that replay again. That, that that just looked like the guy took a tumble to me. It did not look like his head got bashed against a fire hydrant. It just like he looked like he took a tumble. And Mike, so, have you ever have you ever been in a similar situation? Uh, Charles Haley used to try to kill me about once a week. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, um, there's that. Uh, do you remember the John Elway comeback game in Cleveland? Uh, yeah, the, it, the dog biscuit game is what we call it because I was yeah. standing on the sideline and I was next to the late Pat Boland, uh, and I'll never forget his big, long, regal. Uh, camel, it was, it was a camel coat. hair coat, coat. Yep. Uh, and it's cold. And here comes John Elway, and I'm standing next to Mr. Bolin. And here come the frozen dog biscuits. 
being thrown by the thrown out by the dog pound, and they're hitting players in the helmet. Players, players that aren't in the game are keeping their helmet on because they're getting hit in the head by dog biscuits, and and Mr. Bolin's getting hit, and I'm getting hit. So that wasn't any fun. Uh, I don't think fans should have that right uh, to, to throw to throw crap on onto the players, but I especially don't think they should have the right to throw crap onto me. Do you think Adams gets a suspension, a one game suspension or not? I, I don't think he would, but I hope I hope he does not. Yeah. I, I hope he gets I hope he gets fined. Yeah. Um somebody the other day said um this league is more worried about socks than safety. Yeah. They they will find you if your socks sag down too far. Yeah. And and yet um they, they they don't seem to be very concerned about protecting players injury wise, except unless you're a quarterback, especially if you're 45. Yeah. So, uh, I I don't think you need to send a message to Devontae Adams or any other player saying try not to shove cameramen around, will you please? I think they already know that. I I think a fine uh, and go have lunch with the guy, and, and I think the whole thing uh, can actually be a, a a lesson learned and a benefit taken. So you, you mentioned safety. We'll move into the concussion protocol where they're trying to make changes. You know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Tua turned the ball over. Uh, was He looked uh, like he had been hit by a Mack truck, which he probably felt like it. Yeah. And was rushed to the hospital. But now they're making changes. What, what, do we, what are they doing with that? All right. First comes Tua getting hit against Buffalo the week before on a Sunday. Uh, and – he gets pushed back, his head hits the ground, and he gets up and he's wobbling as if he's intoxicated. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins pretend that's that he that's because he hurt his back. Yeah. Now I could speak for all three of us old men. We've all hurt our back, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, right now. You don't walk around wobbling. Mm-hmm. You 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 slowly Grimace. collapse to the ground mm-hmm. with your hand on your back. It's mm-hmm. universal. Everybody does it. He was wobbling around as if he was drunk. He had no idea where he was. That's your head. And then five days later, he's back in the game, gets hit again. This time they couldn't pretend that it wasn't a concussion because he's laying flat on his back on the ground, which is what you do if you're concussed. You don't walk around. Uh, I mean, you you don't uh, hold your back. You don't claim it's your back. So he's laying down and the, the scene of his fingers. Thought he was having a seizure. That, that and and if you I, I didn't even I think in our coverage of that on our Bills Sports Illustrated site, I think I didn't put up a picture of the fingers. It's it's uh, grotesque. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hate to say this because I, I hate that it's true. The NFL is making rules up as it goes along. Yeah. They're lying. They're lying about the first two a hit. They're absolutely lying about it. Um, now they're overreacting. If, if if you if you hug Tom Brady with any force. You lose the game. And that's what happened to Atlanta. Yeah. They, they, that was a direct cause of them not winning that game, which would have been a monumental accomplishment. Atlanta at Tampa Bay without Patterson uh, and without uh, Kyle Pitts. They, they would have they had no business being in that game. And yet they were and had it taken away from them. The Chris Jones play with the Chiefs. Now, admittedly, this is an unprecedented scenario. I'm sacking you and I'm a running back. All at the same time, because mm. in mid sack, I stole the ball from you. That's if right. you look at Chris Jones in one hand, the Chiefs defensive. And by the way, the fact that he weighs 320 pounds is also in the referee's mind. And that's not fair to a 320. That's not my fault. 
Yeah. Not my fault that I outweigh him by 100 pounds. Uh, in his right hand, he's got the ball cradle. In his left hand, Chris Jones, he actually puts it down on the ground over and around Derek Carr to brace his own fall. And yet they flagged him for unnecessary force. You can't, and it, and it is a rule. You can't put your body weight on top of a quarterback. But he didn't because he had his hand out. We could easily fix this. We we go to the replay official on 10 other plays. Why can't we go to a replay official on that? Uh, and would it slow the game down a little bit? Yes. Um, but people are actually entertained by it now. They're entertained by the controversy, as Jerry Jones will be the first to tell you. And as we just said about the the pig and the hog, so if, if, if there was one more delay, why we look at that call and that took two more minutes, who's turn, nobody's turning it off. So the game takes three minutes, three hours and two minutes instead of three hours. Nobody'd care if we got it right. More time for advertising. Yes. But my issue is, though, um, you know, the the NFL or the referee associate, whatever, came after the game and they they backed it up. And they're just going to go to replay and to say, you know what, it, it was roughing the passer. And every fan can see that it wasn't. Right. But they have this, you know, this brotherhood or whatever. They have to protect the refs. And they're just going to just say, you know what, it's – it's roughing the passer. That, I'm, that's my I'm, issue. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned that you're correct. Yeah. That that concerns me. Of course, uh, if that's what we really believe, if you could establish that to be the case, then get rid of replay altogether. Yeah. And just let the refs refs and let the, let the players yeah. play, which, by the way, is exactly what they should do. As yeah. I've said to you guys before, when we were growing up, I knew what a catch was. Yeah, exactly. I, I caught the ball and. And that was that. And nobody argued. There was I, mm-hmm. I don't ever have an argument with my 10-year-old friends about whether or not I caught the ball. Ever. Yep. Uh, I don't remember arguments about holding. I don't remember I don't remember any of it. In basket, same thing in basketball. Uh, shirts and skins, we referee our own games. There's an occasional dispute, but it it doesn't last hours and it doesn't linger till Thursday. We decide I was out of bounds. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. Okay. You take this one, we'll take the next one. Uh, we, we do it every day. Little kids yeah. do it every day. But I wonder if little kids now playing football don't go, uh, don't have a, a little red hanky in their pocket so they can win an argument with their friends. Right on. One more quick check on a game this weekend. We've got the Bills at the Chiefs. It's a rematch from the playoffs last year. I'm curious, do you see a same outcome or is Josh Allen just playing so well that the Bills walk into KC and beat the Chiefs? All right, I'm going to tease away at something. Uh, my YouTube channel, of course, is called Fish Report. Tonight at 6 Central Time, my guest is Tony Romo. Oh, nice. Uh, who's going to do that game? And, Eastern uh, Illinois the, University uh, alum right there. There you go. And, um, and, and he's going to make the point that the reason you lean towards Josh Allen here is nobody's really stopped him yet. Uh, people have, people have um, occasionally stopped the Chiefs. The Chiefs receiving group outside the tight end just isn't very good. And, and I, that's a problem. Um, that's not the case in Buffalo. But outside of one half, uh, Bills at Ravens, I mean, he's, he, Josh Allen's doing whatever he wants with that offense. Uh, uh, they give the impression that if they needed to score 50, they would. Yeah. And their defense is also very dynamic. Von Miller and um, uh, yeah, Von Miller and company. Uh, they got problems with the secondary injury problems, but their defense is very dynamic, so they probably don't need to score fifty. So Bills on the road at Kansas City. Um, I'm not a gambling man, but I'll be watching. Yeah, 
There's no doubt about that. Hey, I wanted to go back to last night's game as I watched and my eyes bled all throughout. Um, I, I, you know, it's one of those games where after after I was just mad and I was in a bad mood because yeah. they should have they should have won the game. But then part of me is like, you know what? They should be losing these games for a better draft pick next year because they're not going anywhere. And I was texting my buddy and he goes, well, Bryce Young sure looks good next year. And I'm thinking, do we want to invest in another quarterback? I'm just wondering from the outside, from your perspective, Justin Fields, what do you what do you see there? I'm a little troubled that between him and uh, Matt Hasselbeck, our old friend here in Dallas, the head coach in Chicago, that at the end of the game, they don't figure out you got to throw the ball in the end zone. Yeah. You're at yeah. the one inch line. You can't throw the ball to the one inch line. That, that's yeah. that's that, that's not very sound. And they did it. No. They did it repeatedly. Uh, if, if, if they get, get the ball in the end zone one more time, they win the game and that's not asking too much. So that's certain. Yes. That's a failure on everybody involved, including, uh, the quarterback. He, he, he should know that he does know that. I, I don't think the sample size is big enough yet on him to know. And that's, that's problematic because you're going to go into that draft next year. And you obviously are going to have a very premium pick. Maybe by that time you'll know, but I don't know how they could possibly know yet. Uh, in their heart of hearts. But when I see him drop back, you know, just in the pocket, he he never throws to his first read or, you know, he doesn't trust the throw. And I, I'm almost wondering, like in college, there was that there's more separation between the athletes from Ohio State and Illinois, for example. Oh, yeah. wait, did I just say that out loud? You did. And, and I would completely <laughs> agree with you. But now the window's short, you know, it's, it's, it's tighter and he doesn't, he, I, I'm telling you, go back and watch that game. If, if you have the, uh, the intestinal fortitude, but every time he backed up, he just would not throw initially. And there were guys wide open. There were crossers, you know, he just doesn't do it. And then he runs around. He's a great athlete, Yeah, but yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it's just the experience and, and, uh, you know, the sample size is too small. But uh, and I'll close with this, uh, Mike McCarthy coming up here. We're going to go visit with him. Uh, I'm at the star, by the way, at Cowboys headquarters. Yeah. With that offensive line, that makes it all the more difficult to know. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't trust his throws because he's pretty sure that he's going to get his clock cleaned uh, every time he drops back. Uh, that That's a problem as well. So yeah. that is very much a rebuilding group there. And what's also troublesome is it's not very dynamic. The roster is not very dynamic in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I do enjoy watching Richard Sherman's commentary because he's just, <laughs> he was right though. You know, the, the, the offensive coordinator has to cater to what Justin Fields does best and either roll him out or RPOs or, you know, his 39 yard run is what he does best. Yeah. And those first and goal from the five, three times and he's dropping back straight into the pocket. Yep. Doesn't make sense. I'm so, with you. Yeah. Tim, any closing thoughts? I want good questions from Mike Fisher to Mike McCarthy. That's what I want. All right. Oh, yeah. Put it on my hot list. <laughs> Thanks, boys. Yeah. Wait, wait. Ask about C.D. Lamb's fantasy potential going into no, – I'm just joking. <laughs> Do you have him? No, Tim does. Okay. okay. Well, well, he goes against Darius Slay in Philadelphia. So <laughs> it's going to be a good matchup. Yeah, that's a matchup to watch. And Thanks, boys. Is. I appreciate right. it. Have a good Thanks, day. Thanks, Mike.